Hello friends, thank you for joining us for another episode of Share the Wealth. The topic for today, and actually we're going to have this for a couple of weeks, this week and next week, is going to be on truth. Uh, the big T, as you will listen to in the conversation, uh, the big rea- the, the ultimate reality, right? the ultimate truth. And then the small T, right? uh, truth that you need in your circumstance, in your context, but I, I'm sure they're connected. Uh, sometimes uh, we feel that they're disconnected between the small T and the big T, but uh, you will see that the argument, at least from Clark, myself, as we discussed with Tarun, is going to be that the big T and the small T's are connected. So it's a, uh, it, it's an interesting episode. I think at least, you know, listening back to the conversation and experiencing the conversation was wonderful to kind of have a dialogue between the three of us. So hope you enjoy it. Uh, as I, as we always challenge you and share the well, um, do attempt to pick up something from the discussion. Think about it. And, you know, if, if you're inspired, write about it and, uh, or, you know, have a discussion with somebody else. I mean, the the idea of Share the Well is to share these ideas with uh, the ones that you love and ones that you engage with on a daily basis. So take a listen and I will talk to you guys end of the episode. I liked your, uh, I liked your question from last week, actually. It stirred a good conversation between me and Jenny. I started a good conversation between me and Jenny, but I just also spent a bit of time thinking about it. I liked it. I think that'll be a, a good conversation yeah. for us to get into what are the characteristics of truth i right. really like that right. one yeah yeah I, I i was listening to a sermon uh by a guy called uh stephen lawson is now one of my favorites <laughs> my recent favorites um stephen lawson was talking about the nature of truth and i thought wow that is you know i'll send it to you you can listen to you know what he has to say he gives 10 aspects of truth, and I, I didn't write it down, but I, I'll remember three or four of them uh, on the top of my head of what I remembered, or what I heard from him. Those were, uh, you know, they, they were good. So that's that's how, that, that that's what inspired me to kind of ask that question. <laughs> so credit to Steve Lawson. I've been a student now for a year and a half now. It's pretty, uh, pretty consistent and, you know, uh, I like him. Yeah. You you sorry you said he's a preacher or a, a he's a, he's or? a teacher and preacher yeah he's a teacher oh. and preacher yeah more a teacher than a preacher he's a good preacher as well actually um, yeah really honest uh, dude for many years I think he's served for forty or thirty or forty years so mm-hmm. he's got some some depth I hope he doesn't have a double life um, you know. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> oh man, did either of you read the report? That the, oh my god i read it twice god. I was like it was incredible, he was an man. evil man it's not just that he was he was a he was an evil man like there's no other word for it yeah it's tough wow. it's tough to digest that and to stomach that right now um, yeah we almost called him for a conference with grc i'm, I'm happy that i was not the oh, wow. <laughs> conduit for that I actually saw him live because uh, he was in Vancouver maybe five or six years ago. And I was so excited. I remember being so emotional seeing him and thinking this is someone who's, who had influenced me a lot at that time. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, had, I had dinner with uh, Ravi. Oh, no Oh, kidding. yeah. You told yeah. us that. Wow. Yeah. When was Crazy. that? 
It was after 9-11. And so uh, he wanted to come to New York to give a talk. And so one of my uh, one of my friends at the church was uh, you know, arranging this thing. And he basically knew that, you know, I really, you know, admired Rodney and was a big fan. And he asked me, he's like, you know, they're having dinner. You know, do you want to come? And I was like, oh, are you sure? And he's like, yeah. And so I took him up on the offer. It was in an Indian restaurant. I mean, there were a lot, a lot of us. I mean, he didn't, he didn't talk much. It was interesting. He really didn't talk much. He wasn't very conversant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We see the masseuse as well, or no? <laughs> <laughs> no. no, no, man, oh, man, That's a, it, it's a joke. Yeah, it, it's an interesting dilemma. You know, it's it raises a lot of questions. You know, it raises well, a I mean, lot of questions. Well, I mean, to your point of truth, you know, what Robbie said is still true. It's yeah. just, uh, I mean, there's so much to this Robbie thing. You know, how does someone get caught up in a in the situation when he has to do this, but not even to do that, but to hide it and feel that it's okay to hide. Um, you know, and how it, it pertains to his his faith if he did have it if he when did he lose it did he lose it i mean there's so many so many questions on this mm, mm. but uh, I, i still you know I, i still believe that it's truth is independent of the speaker you know the worst person worst human being in the world that you know society will deem morally bereft can still spew out truths. Truth is truth, sure. no matter who says it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. It loses some right. credibility, but, you know. Yo, some, <laughs> a lot, <laughs> you know. We, we, we put them up on a pedestal, all of us, right? And, um, and that's come crashing down. We have to pick up the pieces of the pedestal and him. And uh, in some sense, you know, reckon with those things with the people mm-hmm. and and i think it's less of what happens to us and what we think about it there are a lot of people hurting you know and recognizing that will be important i think you know many people came to me from even from my workplace kind of say how do we process this so we had a very good discussion around that but i'm, I'm eager to hear what, what was the conversation between jenny and you and how did that take off the you know the essence well, specifically of the about truth it's it's so d- yeah. Yeah. we we didn't really talk about the ravi situation but yeah <laughs> good um That's but okay. regarding truth well it got me thinking a lot about uh, about the definition of truth and the parts of truth and how truth is somehow interconnected with knowledge and wisdom and these are separate ideas and yet they are somehow and they're somehow linked um so I'll, i i i think what i thought a little bit about was first that there's or first what is what is the uh, definition of truth uh and i that's one of those words which is a difficult word to define um i'd be curious to know how both of you define it but for me it's truth is 
it's simple and it's difficult, but it's the, I think there's that's because there's a small T truth and a capital T truth. Uh, but I think both of them are in some ways getting at uh, the way things are. But I think the capital T truth is linked to wisdom. And that is an idea that there is a way that things are that is more ideal. Um, some would call that a moral system or religious beliefs, whichever you want to call it. But I think there's that distinction between a capital T truth linked to wisdom, and then there's a small t truth, which is the way things are, which I think is linked to knowledge. Um, and I think that knowledge is the domain of rationalism and empiricism and science, and capital T truth is the domain of spirituality. Um, yeah, one speaks to an ideal and one speaks to how we Per, not perceive, but how reality actually is. Yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, that's what I would say. Hmm. What about you, Clark? I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I'm going to go on, uh, you know, the thou shalt not be named person, and he has always been... <laughs> <laughs> I, again, even though, even though what he's, you know, the person that he is, is, you know, reprehensible, what he said, I still go by is correct, you know, something that has to cohere to what we're, you know, has to correspond to reality, cohere to what we're doing, and it basically has to be logically consistent empirically adequate meaning you can test it and then you know experience has to be relevant to what our day-to-day -day. and so i still adhere to those tenets of of truth uh, something is true based on those criteria yeah i'm i'm kind of looking up a verse that really spoke to me um the so my my I have thought about this long and hard. Uh, like, for me, it's very simple, and it's really hard as well. It's it's both plausible to articulate and impossible to understand <laughs> fully. Right? Um, plausible to articulate. Why I say is. I remember what Pilate said to Jesus, and I think that kind of defines that. He asked, what is truth, right? And, and that's a, it's a great question, but I think it's the wrong question. Why? Because Jesus declared that he was truth. He said, I am the way, I am the truth. So, Suddenly, truth became personified. And it's not an abstract something. And it became a, it, it kind of lodged or anchored itself in a person. So that's what kind of, you know, for me, it was, it was not, you know, long, long ago, or, you know, I never grew up with that. But I'd say about 10 or 15 years ago, uh, maybe even 15 years ago, I'd say that changed that question as I was meditating on that question. For me, the nature of truth 
changed. And for me, now it's a person from whom proceeds all of that reality uh, and, and standard. Uh, I don't have to now depend on just an abstraction of that reality. So that's just my definition. But, but how would you define the word truth itself though? Or say it's lowercase t-r-u-t-h. Some, uh, you ask one of your little ones, are you telling the truth? How, how do you define that word? Yeah, so you need, you, you, in that question is a standard, right? You're saying, are you telling the truth? Which basically means your presupposition is that you know what it is. And you're now asking, is it that? Right? It's always presuppositional with that question. Because we are relative beings, we can only ask relative questions. And we're always kind of without even you know, defining it, we are referring to it. You know what I'm, you know what I'm trying to say? I don't know if I'm clear enough. I, I, you're I, yeah, I you're think presuming I, that I, there's something like that. And then you, yes, you yes, want yeah, to- Yeah, that's it. fair. Yeah, sure. The pres- there's a presumption that there's something like that truth. Right. And then you're asking, hey, are you telling the truth? Which basically means there's a reality that exists. And are you reflecting that reality? Are you telling that? Are you, are you in line with that reality? Right. right. Yeah. So for me, that reality, I, can, I, I am able to hook it on to Jesus because he is my reality. He's the one who defines my reality. He's the one I can hook everything on, which basically means what he said, what he did, uh, how he spoke, how he lived, all of that kind of gives me the template uh, from a reality standpoint. Because that's why I like that, that trifecta of what he's claimed to be, right? I am the way, people are looking for a way to live, right? People are looking for a standard to live by. People are looking for a life that is thriving. And he says, I am all three. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Zoe, right? You know, Clark was sharing about the Zoe life, the eternal life. And so I can see that as my definition or him as my definition. So this, what is truth is abstraction, right? That's what Pilate was asking. What is truth? <laughs> he couldn't like, he couldn't like, uh, on this, he couldn't get past the fact that Jesus was the truth. He says, I, what does it say? You know, I stand for the truth, right? My kingdom is not yours. I'm at uh, There's something about that. He says, um, yeah. So he says, I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. So you're small t, right? But he's saying, I am the pure witness of the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Then he asks, what is truth? Right, so that, that for me is, you know, a convoluted way of defining, <laughs> defining truth. But that's why I said the easy answer is Jesus is my answer but I can't fully, fully understand it because it has to be in the ways I live and the life that I live. It can be, as you, as you rightly said, knowledge, wisdom, go with it. Knowledge is what I know. Wisdom is how I live, right? How do I use what I know and use that 
in a living, right? So you're right that knowledge and wisdom have to go with truth because otherwise it's just an abstraction and I can talk till the cows come home and without really fully experiencing and living it. <laughs> I would, um, yeah, I think, I think an area to, to maybe bring about an area we might possibly disagree, not possibly, we will disagree on, but maybe a, a good place to be to, yeah. to hash it out is you asked what the characteristics of truth are. Yes. And I think one of the things I was thinking about is that Christian teaching, um, well, I guess maybe up to capital T truth would say that truth is something you can know with certainty. Mm. Um, and I think that I would look at capital T truth. I think this would be an area we would disagree with, disagree on. And I could say that to know that capital T truth isn't an area which is black and white and can be known with certainty, but is an area which is relative and gray and takes a lot of work and a lot of uh, resources, whether that's mental or intellectual, spiritual resources to try and determine. And that it could very well differ for pers from person to person. Uh, maybe that just takes us into the conversation about rel relativism and objectivism. But, they, but just to respond to the idea that what are the characteristics of truth, I think that would be a space where we would definitely disagree. So, so I'm sorry, say that again, Tharan. You said truth has to be, what was that? So capital T truth, not necessarily yeah. small t truth, which is which is just knowledge and the weather and biology and physics. That's what well, I would consider. What do you mean by truth. that? Small t truth is the data in biology and stuff like that. Yeah, I think it's the empirical facts that are revealed, or it's the facts that are revealed through empiricism. That's small t truth. That's what I would consider small t truth. And I would link that, or I would associate that with the idea of knowledge. So something that informs us about our physical reality, our material reality. But I think then there's capital T truth, which is that which speaks to purpose. So when someone says like that, I think the question that Pilate was asking, what is truth was a question that, I, I don't know, maybe he was talking about uh, the accusations that people were leveling against Jesus about Jesus, uh, being um, about Jesus making some kind of a, uh, uh, a provocative and irreligious statement. So that's the small t truth, actually trying to figure out what had happened. It was like the detective work. But I think that Pilate was asking maybe the question about purpose and meaning, a capital T truth. Does that make sense? So, you, I'm so you're, basic, you're basically separating like metaphysical truth sure. from- And okay. material truth. And I'm associating. <laughs> but what's the why? Why separate it? Truth is truth, no matter whether it relates to philosophy or science. It may, but I think it's a useful distinction because we don't. Unfortunately, we don't have another word that we use. So when you say truth seeking, when when someone says that they're seeking truth, or when we want to discuss this uh, idea of, or we want to discuss. Uh, the idea of higher purpose. I don't know what other word we use to, to talk about it and to discuss it and what 
other concept we use to frame that conversation. It seems like that is encompassed within this idea of truth. Yeah, Isn't I that mean, fair you're, to say? You're, right, but you're, you're searching for philosophical truth, like right, but I'm, the so, reasons I'm for living. Right, but there's no difference from if you were a detective who was looking for a criminal, you would also use that same, um, you would use clues to find the truth. That's right. Correct. Like it's the same word, but That's it does correct. have a different connotation. Yeah, I, I agree. But the technique to arrive at is the same technique you would arrive at little truth, little T for you, right? So a scientist will go through mm -hmm. the same clue gathering, a mental reasoning to gather their in their perspective on little T versus big T. So, no, yeah, so I'm just not sure why though. you separate. Yeah, okay. Because the and this is why again the capital T relates to purpose, which relates to spirituality. Something that is, like you said, metaphysical, higher than the material, higher than the, not higher, but eh, maybe. Uh, higher than the uh, than the physical, higher than the material. Uh, and that cannot be known empirically. And the reason that is the case is because that capital T truth, there have been thousands of answers that people have come up with over the centuries and millennia that relate but, to right living. But you're basing truth on your the the ability to know truth on one criteria, which is empiricism. No, I'm saying small t truth, yes. I'm not disagreeing But what about that. big t truth? That, so I, I don't know. That's why I think it's a gray area. That's, that's exactly why I do not think it is black and white. Is because I do not think you can empirically, you cannot use empiricism to make statements that relate to faith. Faith is in its essence that which you have to believe without having um, an empirically verifiable uh, source. But there are certain things in, in what you would categorize in the little t that empiricism can't verify. Like, what would an uh, example of that be? Uh, consciousness, right? You cannot empirically prove consciousness. Sure, it's, I I don't think that's unfair. Yeah, yeah. So then, then but you I have still to think move. that. But my understanding is that that's within a realm that can be empirically studied. So, for instance, you can. We just don't. We're not currently at a place where we have appropriate techniques, appropriate technology to determine how it is that consciousness can arise from some neuron firing. But that doesn't mean that, but I just come back to my example of a thousand years ago, people thought that if you cut the head off of a goat, then it would rain and you'd have crops. They just didn't have an understanding of atoms and they didn't have an understanding of, um, yeah, they just didn't have an understanding of atoms and what affects them and now we do. And now we understand that rain is caused by whatever the water cycle is. Uh, and in the same way, we just currently don't have the required knowledge techniques and technology to examine consciousness. But that doesn't mean that we're not there yet. I mean, heck, we just landed a rover on Mars. So 
Yeah, but yeah, this is where I think um, Christianity offers uh, a a good anchor because Jesus became a man, right? And and empirically, right? We can verify that <laughs> Jesus lived a life. Uh, in some sense, we have evidence for that. Jesus died and rose again. We have evidence for that. So. My question to you would be, what would stop you from accepting empirical evidence, which is, um, which is, which is there for the big T, which has come, which has actually been brought down, in some sense, to be made man, you know, digestible or mankind can process in the way that man understands, right? Because the big T need not be, can, can it be inconsistent with the small T? I don't think so. But I, I don't think they're talking areas. about the same. I don't think they're attempting to, at least this is my understanding, or maybe this is my own definitions I'm creating. But I think that when I say big T, I think of when people use phrases like ultimate truth. Right, right. So that's why I'm saying Jesus becoming a man has actually brought the big T into a T that I can actually understand. Because if he remained at something that was above the empirical, you know, the, the way we, can, we understand, right, that, that's, the, that, that's what I mean by Christianity gives us an anchor for something that is understandable by a guy in Africa who really doesn't understand language and, you know, logic and geography and, you know, all the, you know, astronomy and things like that. And, uh, you know, nuclear physicists can also understand kind of, you know, empirical evidence and, you know, measure and monitor and, and make a, a informed decision given the empirical evidence that is available. And that what, can be challenged. Like you, you, when you said the thousands of rules that are there and religions and all of that, I think we can put that to the test. If they stand the empirical evidence of, uh, of common T, right? Small T. Um, possibly, but then, the, the, but the reality with Christianity is that it's making claims that cannot empirically be tested. That's right. What challenging. That's what I'm challenging. You no, can't... no, but I'm saying that art, like you, we, how, how would you empirically test if there's a heaven or hell, if there's a life after this? It, it again goes back for me. It's easy, right? It's consistent for me because Jesus is the answer. So if he said it, it should be right. So again, but, I'm going but, back, but that's not empirical. Truth. Empirical is that oh. which is not just valid, but it's also that which is reliable, meaning that you can retest it. Right. So for me to claim that a, and uh, an experiment is um, empirically verifiable. It has to be a valid result and it has to be a reliable result, something that um, tests what I'm actually right. seeking to gain yeah. understanding of and something that's rep rep replicable, if that's the word. Yeah, replicable. Yeah, you, yeah. you're right. So here, here's a simple example, right? If I said something, or if you told me about Jenny, right, of what happened, um, do I believe you? I do because I haven't tested the evidence, but I've tested enough evidence to know that Tarun is a straight shooter and talker, and he's not telling lies to me. 
maybe but still you're still accepting it on faith that's right it's it's not it's actually like when you think about it unfortunately it's not empirically verifiable outside well i guess this one sort of was because i told you guys about how there previously wasn't a bump on or there wasn't a scratch on the rear bumper but when the car came home there was a small scratch on the rear bumper so that's empirically verifiable assuming that hadn't happened there were no cameras at the intersection there were no other witnesses that saw it happening so in some sense i was laughing and thinking to myself if i hadn't seen that scratch it could have just been the jenny was making it up so it's not and it's it is empirically verifiable but that's because there's a piece of evidence that i can use but correct if that hadn't been there i would be taking her account on faith and in right uh, and and likewise you would be taking my account on faith exactly right you you're absolutely right so there's enough for me there's enough evidence about jesus to take him at face value and he's the one who's defining right so so there's enough evidence for me to trust tarun that what he's saying is true i have 15 20 years of experience with you now i know and i've verified the evidence that what you're saying is true So that's I'm just giving I'm giving I'm giving right, you right, a right. a sense of you know I it's not I cannot verify everything that ever exists or that I claim I can only claim what I believe in you know given whatever facts I have and given a who I choose to believe so Jesus who came back from the dead is telling me that is a heaven and hell I will believe him because I believe in the evidence that Christ provides for who he is and what he did and therefore I trust him for what he says. So that's the, I'm just giving you our paradigm that's all. Sorry. Right right totally totally. So I I'll guess stop. at the end of the day what we're disagreeing on then is what counts as maybe maybe even on a more fundamental level we're disagreeing on the definition of empirical but we're definitely disagreeing on whether there is empirical evidence for the claim that Jesus is the son of god i think that's fair to say right like uh, through this through this entire process of the podcast that's been like a fundamental difference yeah i mean I, you're going to lose on that point because there's enough empirical evidence that jesus is god uh, unfortunately we don't live we're living 2000 years after the fact but if you were happen to live in you know first century of uh, yeah first century palestinian time you would be able to verify and empirically test whether this gentleman is the christ unfortunately you know we have to take everything from a historical basis now but that's but that's just not true though clark because there's because if you were to consider if if that was the reality okay so let's let's look at another truth claim that um rain comes from clouds there is a very that belief can easily be demonstrated to be true um and that belief is something which 99.9% of people well i would say 100% of sane people sane and educated <laughs> people yeah i would say 100% of sane and educated people can verify the claim that rain comes from clouds that is not true of the claim that jesus is the son of god why 
because as I said, it, because but if Theron, if you lived, if you lived at that time, you would be able to see his miracles, hear his words, and see his demeanor. No, but we just but, for, but there's so many assumptions made in that statement. For instance, if I lived at that time, would I have the knowledge and the understanding that I currently have of reality, or would I have a mindset of someone that lived in uh, in Israel of antiquity or in 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 uh, do you know what I'm saying? So I'm saying, yeah, but that's not fair. That's not fair. Then then you're no, basically no, because you're saying people clean. people in ancient society are not as reasonable or don't exactly, reason as much as you now. Totally. So what they did was they understood, and that's not to say they were dumb or anything like that. That's right. the last thing I'm saying. What I'm saying is they, they understood the world with a certain, from a certain paradigm and they interpreted the events that happened in the world through a certain paradigm. So for instance, to me, when I hear stories in the Bible about uh, demon possessions, to me, that sounds like it was very likely mental illness that sounds that, to me but that statement you just made is not a truth claim by your own definition you cannot empirically prove that statement you just made 100 i agree with you yeah but i'm not but i'm not saying but then on the other end to make the statement that one knows without doubt that that was a demon possession is a statement that also cannot be made. That's a statement that's also being made on faith. Okay, there's I no empirical let's, evidence of that. So let's but, say but, but I, like that, I'm, the reason I brought that up as an example was to say that people held certain paradigms back then. That's just an example of why, uh, I guess I made, gave that as an example to say that it is an inaccurate, inaccurate comparison for me to go back 2000 years ago and observe what happened. Because 2000 years ago, if I lived then, I would see someone that had a mental illness and think that they were demon possessed and I wouldn't know let's, any different. Let's say I grant you that hypothesis. Let's say that gentleman was psychologically disturbed. It still does not refute the fact that Jesus healed that psychologically impaired individual. So if some person came on this earth right now, 2021, 20, went to a psychiatric hospital and basically healed all the schizophrenics in there, would you believe that that individual had extraordinary abilities? Sure, but then it comes, but the thing that it comes back to is we're relying on to a text that is 2000 years old that has not only has writers which are writing from a certain cultural paradigm and a certain paradigm within or writing within their cultural paradigm, but also that those texts were then translated by hundreds of people, passed down by hundreds of people that lived through different times, through different, it's, it's like a game of um, telephone. It's- but Then you're not, you haven't been honest with yourself, Darren. And please don't take this as an insult. No, no, no. But I'd be curious you haven't that. done your research. You really haven't. You haven't looked into scholars who've studied Old and New Testament, and these are these are atheists. These are non these are non believers who will attest to the veracity of the Old and New Testament as a historical text. No, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with that. But what I am, as in their history, granted the historical texts, but I don't know anyone who would be able to say that we have 
No, see, I guess what I'm trying to say is that Christians are making spiritual claims, right? Out of an, in, they're interpreting the life of a man or a life of an individual, and they're making spiritual claims based on the life of the individual. Is that fair? That's not fair. We're not but making any not claims because no, no, no. the claimant is not us. The claimant is Jesus himself. Okay, no, but you're still, you're still taking his, you're still looking, you're taking his word to be true, right? So essentially what is happening is there's a man who has lived 2000 years ago who has said certain things and acted in certain ways. It's been recorded by the people who lived after him, a, lo- a while after him. Those recordings have then passed through the ages. And as they've been passed, people have interpreted them to mean certain things. That's why you've had the church fathers, right? You've had Augustine and Ignatius and all of these great men who interpreted the life and actions and teachings of this man to have some kind of spiritual significance. We're agreeing on that so far, right? Yes. And those come packaged to us 2000 years later. Obviously they've been changed over the years. But my point is, it is those claims that we are using to create a moral framework and to create or and to choose to believe in as truth. But Tharan, you do that every single day. I mean, you you take claims of other people, mm-hmm. and again, this ties into our discussion of truth, and you filter in your head. Is this true? Is this consistent with reality? Is this not consistent reality? So you cannot, you know, the process is the same whether you're a believer or unbeliever or whether you ascribe to Allah or Buddha or whatever. That's not, you know, the process and God has endowed us with the ability to reason. The issue is what truth or who is that truth that you ascribe to? No, so, so because you, I guess you can't say who, because implicitly that's biasing the question already. So I put that in because Donald brought that up. Yeah. 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 For for a Christian, you know, you can use that categorical. Yeah. No, but that that categorical, that's the category um, disagreement we will have. Right. So, you know, when when we say truth is personal and it's, sorry, it's truth is person. Um, you might not agree with that, but that's okay. Yeah. 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 So th- that's, that's the up, difference. My point is whenever you read a book, Thorin, whether it be Maslow's hierarchy or that other book that you brought up, in essence, you are filtering, you're doing what Augustine and everyone else has done, including the initial ap- apostles, the 12, they had to make a determination on the three years of being with this individual hearing what he said, and they have to say, hey, is this guy telling the truth or not? And so when you read Maslow's hierarchy, you're saying, hey, is this guy telling me the truth or not? So I'm just making the point that an atheist makes the same discernment that a, a believer does. It's, you know, I, again, totally. in some respects, well, but, you know, a lot of people feel that a believer, a Christian, are just idiots and they believe on blind faith and they're not really thinking uh, you know i we've all made the same kind of reasonable decision based on facts 
It's it's not though. So that's because if we and I why I di completely disagree with that is that if it were the case that we've all agreed first of all on what the facts were, and then agreed on what an interpretation of the facts were, we'd all believe the same thing. And at the very least, if we can't if we can't arrive at an agreement on what the facts are and what the interpretation is, we have to at least be able to agree on that. And this isn't this is such an obvious statement that it's it seems uh it almost seems axiomatic in some ways but people have different beliefs and that in and of itself is evidence that that in and of itself is reason to pause and ask the question is what i believe true absolutely uh, i I, Every, I i don't i don't i don't know i i think that axiom can be challenged you said people have different beliefs, right? Yeah. Is that, is that your axiom, right? So- Well, I, that's not really I, an axiom, I guess, but uh, I, it's just such a self evidence uh, which I guess what an axiom is, self-evident statement. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's so obvious. It's so no, obvious but, that people have different beliefs. But people have different beliefs. So there's another axiom to that axiom that people believe. Sure. That's that's a more fundamental axiom than people have different beliefs. Before we get to different beliefs, you have to agree that people have beliefs. But, I, but are you, how are you defining belief? You got to tell me that. So that's my point. I, so around... are, you, are you using beliefs in the sense of people? Big B have... or little B? <laughs> <laughs> to be a big B, either a big B or a little B. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's actually even possible there too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's what I don't. Possible. I guess that's what I'm trying to so, figure out. Are you saying that humans have are you using beliefs in terms of frameworks? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. In innately, yeah. innately, people believe, right? You, you, as opposed to people up... don't, as opposed to people don't not believe. So people believe, and that's why they can say they don't believe. How can you say I don't believe? Because you believe in something, right? And that's why I'm saying I don't believe. So right, innately, right, right. innately people believe. And just because people believe different things, we cannot conclude that there is no single truth. Uh, agreed. I'm a hundred percent agreeing with that. So, so you can believe what you want to believe. Everybody else is going to believe something. Right. The question is, the question is, what do you believe and why do you believe what you believe? Or who do you believe in our case, right? We're saying <laughs> who. No, but, but the question is, so what we're saying is, I'm agreeing with you on the statement because there are several belief systems doesn't mean that there isn't one true belief or that we cannot arrive at the truth. I'm agreeing with Correct. that. Correct. I don't what think we can conclude. What we're disagreeing we on conclude. is how likely it is or whether it is possible for humans to discern that truth. That's what we're disagreeing on. Correct. And, and I agree with you. I agree with your premise that human beings cannot discern 
what it is, what the real truth is. No, but you I believe, agree with you. But you believe you have the real truth or you, you believe you know the real truth. Correct. I do. Why? It's not because I can discern. It's because God, I, I, I think we, you and I had this discussion. I don't think I can discern. I agree with you. So I think those premises are right. People believe. That's one premise, right? People have different beliefs. That's the second premise. People don't have the ability to discern what is the truth, the big T. Right? I agree with that as well. Personally. I don't know about Clark. You know, obviously there's discernment of truth, right? You know, you know, if it's a soap or a, you know, I hope you know if it's a soap or a toothbrush, right? I mean, you can, you can discern, right? That, that, <laughs> that, that or a toothbrush and a toilet discern. brush. I know. <laughs> Is there a difference? Have I, have I been using the wrong one? <laughs> it is the big the T and the small one. T, I can tell you that. <laughs> there's a big brush and a little brush. <laughs> But but I, I agree with you. All three statements are true. And that's why, and I think, I'm, I think we'll be consistent with that quote-unquote claim, that God has to reveal the big T. But you've already made an assumption about what is true by saying God has to reveal. So already right there, that is not a, yes. that's not a truth which is 100% knowable. No, it's easy for me because I read it in the Bible, which is not from me. It's from God. But He's the Muslim has the same the claim truth. to truth that you have. The Jew has the same claim to truth based on that reasoning. Right. You're saying, exactly. I read it in a book. Therefore, any right. person of the book has the same claim to truth. It doesn't help us right. to distinguish what the actual truth is, which comes back to the idea that it's possible there's one truth, capital T truth, but it's very difficult for us to know. Thank you, friends, for joining us for that podcast brought to you by Share the Well. It truly is an honor for me to meet some of my friends like this, to talk about issues that matter to them, that matter to us overall. And our endeavor at Share the Well is to bring these content raw. We don't have any editing, by the way, in terms of the podcast that we bring, because we want to bring authenticity we don't want to uh, curtail and, and shape the story or the narrative, but to be truthful and to bring to you content that is relevant and content that will energize you, content that will motivate you. It's been a pleasure to do that. You can engage with us in many different ways. One of the ways would be to visit our website, which you should have in the notes section of, our, of the platform that you stream your podcast. It's uh, for your benefit, I can repeat it here. It's called sharethewell.community. Uh, or you can uh, leave us a comment in the platform that you use to stream your podcast. And we can pick up those comments. If there's any topics that make sense to you and that you want discussed, you know, we can always attempt to get those topics on. So I want to thank you again. appreciate you guys listening in. And um, God bless you and have a wonderful weekend.